1: And up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at borough.com slash acast. Welcome to Mod Path Chat, the official podcast of Modern Pathology, featuring interviews with authors and experts on the latest science, technology, and developments in the field of pathology. Your host, Dr. George Neto, is the editor-in-chief of Modern Pathology and the Chair of Pathology at the University of Alabama at Birmingham. Here's Dr. Neto.
2: Welcome to a new episode of ModPass Chat. Our guests today are three distinguished authors of a recent study from Memorial Sloan-Kettering that was published in Modern Pathology. The study described a new machine learning algorithm that can help pathologists assess shaved margins from lumpectomy specimens. The authors and guests are Dr. Timothy Dalfonso, an associate attending pathologist at Memorial with clinical and research interests in breast cancer. Uh, Dr. David Ho, uh, the brain, I guess, in the group. Um, I know all of you are brainy, but he's the engineer, so he's not like us. A machine learning computational scientist at Memorial Sloan Kettering with a background in electrical and computer engineering. David works on multi-class tissue segmentation of histopathology whole slides. And last, but certainly not least, Dr. Lee Tan or Kiki, as I would call her. We go back uh, till the days of our fellowships. Uh, Dr. Tan is an attending pathologist at Memorial who is an internationally renowned expert in the field of breast cancer. Thank you all for joining me today. Thank
3: Thank you, you. George. Thank you for having us.
2: Thank you. It's a, it's a pleasure. So uh, this is uh, a great study, and uh, uh, and we'll go through uh, some of the points. And I'm I'm really hoping this will take off, and you can get it to us to where we start using it on a day to day. It will cut uh, a lot of uh, the tedious work. And uh, so let's dig in. Uh, tell me why uh, why uh, did you think about doing this study?
3: Um. Let me take that question because I will leave the rest of your questions to be answered by David or by Tim. I'm basically just a supporting author here. Uh, This idea preceded Tim and David. I had this idea a while ago, and when uh, actually we have a digital pathology um, set up, That's when I actually approached Victor Reuter, you know him. He is uh, one of the pioneers in our department for digital pathology. And I uh, asked him, would this be possible? Because we, as you know, breast pathology requires a lot of slide examination. Our surgeons have started doing the separate margins. So they do a lumpectomy that is not oriented, and then they give us five or sometimes six separate shaved margins that we orient. And um, so those are a lot of slides to be reviewed. And uh, so I thought, well, maybe we could do this, this machine learning. And lucky me, uh, shortly thereafter, uh, Tim came to join us. And um, I was also introduced to David Ho. So that's how it came about. And, um, you know, the idea that I had was eventually to have a, um, a, a something that we can use like the um, uh, screening for PEP spares that the system will tell us, look at this. You can You can dismiss the five right. other slides for this margin, but look at this one slide and tell me what you think. And therefore, I think David knows this, that we need to have a sensitivity of 100%. We, re- we need to reach a sensitivity of 100%. Specificity, actually, it's less of an issue because if the machine tells us, look at this and it's nothing, we can just dismiss it. But we cannot have a missed uh, diagnosis. So I will leave it at that. Excellent.
2: Very good uh, framing of of the issue at hand. But a lot of pressure. It has to be a 100%, David. So, Okay. So what uh, what the tools? How did you start? Uh, From scratch or you had some kind of algorithm? Uh, Tim or David can address that.
4: Okay. So I can uh, introduce the tool, machine learning tool that we use for this study. So we decided to use a segmentation approach because segmentation can highlight uh, where the tumor is located, at, you know, how large it is, and some other characteristics. So, uh, most of the segmentation machine learning models used for natural images use a uh, single magnification based approach. But in pathology, I learned uh, while interacting with pathologists at MSK that they zoom in and out to see uh, various uh, morphological patterns on whole slide images. So, for example, sometimes they zoom in to the highest magnification to observe uh, cellular features, but sometimes they zoom out to see the overall growth pattern. So, I was uh, motivated by that to uh, develop uh, my model called Deep Multi Magnification Network, which looks at uh, multiple uh, magnifications to have more accurate segmentation. So. Deep multi Network, or DMMN, has been used to segment cancer on breast margin slide images for the study. Previously, we had this model trained by triple negative breast cancer, so we used that as our initial model, and uh, based on our uh, margin slide images, we were able to fine-tune, fine-tune the model to... You know, improve the segmentation performance to segment not only high-grade patterns but low-grade patterns on breast images.
2: So-, so, so let me let me interrupt you here. So, this DMMN, so basically, it's deep multi-magnification network. Just a method where you're going on the same area in different in different powers and including it in your algorithm, right? And exactly. my understanding is these fields are centered, co-centered around an area, so you can use all the data points from tissue uh, texture to architecture and combine all these to empower you in a specific patch, correct? Exactly, that's correct. So, uh, of course, I knew all that because I read the paper, so this is a great paper I recommend to everyone to read. Now, Now, the idea is, and then you said you fine tune the algorithm. How did you do that? You developed the machine algorithm for a TNBC, t- right? And and now, so how do you fine-tune an algorithm? Because that could be interesting for our audience uh, to adapt something and make it better for what you're trying to do.
4: Okay, thanks for asking that question. So we use an uh, uh, annotation approach called deep interactive learning that we developed. So we had uh, 20 cases of validations set for breast margin images and we run our initial model on those 20 validation set to see if any area needs to be corrected. Sometimes we observe uh, first positive, sometimes we observe first negative. So after we make some additional annotations from this validation set, we were able to fine-tune the model. Um, We were able to add more challenging patterns to the training set to make sure that the model learns those you know, challenging patterns presented in breast margin images. So that's how we... And you do that p-
2: manually? When you say annotate, you go to the area that one missed and include it now, tell the computer this should be counted as such, not such, right? Is that how you do it? Yes, uh, we
4: did it manually, but uh, instead of starting from scratch, uh, the annotator only needs to... Uh, look for first passive and first negatives. So the annotation time was drastically reduced. I would say we spent only two three hours to improve the model. So I think that was uh, one of the big
2: contribution of this work. That's amazing. Just two three hours. Yes. Oh,
0: great. So well, and after I'm, you I'm tune
3: sure. this. I think Sorry. Tim uh, put in a lot of work annotating <laughs> the slides. There were a few
0: rounds of um, annotation and even during the study, we further fine tune the model, not through more annotation, but but yes, yeah, so it, it is quite tedious, uh, manually annotating some of these cases. <laughs>
2: Yeah, but I mean, for that initial TMBC going to that, probably that's what uh, David was referring. But uh, I'm aware that even after when you move to uh, the validation set, you had to annotate again and fine-tune, right? So yes. it's a very iterative process. So yeah, so so Tim, uh, tell us about uh, the next step. So you right. applied the system.
0: So we wanted to apply um, David's model to um, a set of lumpectomy margin images. So the first thing we did was want to identify... Um, lumpectomy cases in which basically all the slides were scanned and into our MSK viewer. We have um, our own MSK viewer that was developed here where we can uh, view images, make labels, annotate, uh, take pictures, things like that. Um, and we're fortunate enough to have a very busy slide scanning uh, capabilities here at MSK, scanning about 15 to 20,000 slides uh, a week. Um, we're also scanning a lot of biopsies or pretty much all the core biopsies prior to them being uh, delivered to our mailboxes. So, so we're lucky to have a lot of cases, mm-hmm. retrospective cases that were completely um, scanned. And so we first wanted to study, uh, focus our study on basically just invasive carcinoma, ductal carcinoma, no special type, um, and DCIS in margins, just Can the model identify this uh, in the margins? We didn't focus on any special histologic types, as you know. Breast cancer is very heterogeneous, and a mucinous carcinoma looks much different than a triple-negative high-grade cancer. Uh, So, we focused focused on the ductal NOS types, and um, we retrieved um, essentially a set of lumpectomy cases um, of various in which the tumors had various histologic uh, grades. as, and have margins that are both benign and have carcinoma in the margins. And um, as is our, in our routine practice, the majority of the margins that we evaluate are benign. And we look at uh, quite a few slides, as Kiki mentioned, uh, one to six slides per margin times five or six margins uh, per case. So you can be looking at over 35, 40 slides in, in some cases. So um, we, uh, imported all these images into the viewer, um, for each margin image. I re- I reviewed all of them, um, and established a ground truth as positive for carcinoma or negative uh, for carcinoma and whether it's invasive or DCIS. So we established these ground truths, um, and we, uh, ran the algorithm on, um, a series of, um, 408 whole slide images. Uh, this was our validation set, um, of which 85% were benign images or benign um, slides, and about 15% had either DCIS or uh, invasive carcinoma in the margins. So, And this was from 98 separate uh, shape margin specimens. Um, And at that point, we got um, uh, an area under the curve of, I believe it was 0.941. It was was a good result, but we had um, a lot of false positives. So that's when we went back and re-annotated, um, mm-hmm. certain false positives and margin specimens often have a lot of biopsy site changes, um, artifact. And there were some other sources of false positives that were even just a little unexpected, like certain fibrocystic changes. So, um, we went back, um, and annotated those as well as some other, um, other features or tissue features that we saw that were causing false positives, uh, and ran the algorithm again, uh, did have better results with um, fewer false positives. Um, we established a pretty high sensitivity, but the, we found the algorithm did miss or the model did miss a few cases of carcinoma. And these were basically small, well-differentiated invasive carcinomas or basically single ducts of low, low-grade DCIS that um, make them be Exactly. Yeah. <laughs>
2: Um, And also some DCIS, also intermediate or low grade. Right, exactly.
0: Very small foci. And um, they were just not interpreted. They weren't segmented as carcinoma uh, by the model.
2: So, and these, I mean, to put it into perspective, these were only four cases, but still, you know, you, you cannot afford the single margin because uh, the task was handed from Kiki. It has to be 100%, and rightly so. So, That's even right. the sensitivity was above 90%, yeah, you still right. uh, wanted it to be higher. I just want to remind our audience, if, I, if I'm correct, if not correct, correct me, please, that the, the segmentation or the model that David uh, and, and Tim developed uh, was just telling us it has cancer, no cancer. So it doesn't distinguish DCIS from, from uh, invasive, correct? Yes, and correct. then just tells you there is tumor there. And then of course, when you're looking, signing out the case, uh, mm-hmm. it's just already that area segmented for you and you can classify it further,
0: correct? Correct.
2: That's correct. And why did you do that, David? Is it harder to, 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 to create three categories? Because it would seem to me as a prostate guy, it was very simple-minded, DCIS versus infiltration. You guys don't have that. Inf- I guess you have invasive cribriform, but why was that?
4: Oh, that's a very good question. Uh, one of the reasons is uh, our initial model, uh, triple negative breast cancer model doesn't have any DCIS uh, during training. Perfect. And second, uh, in my opinion, uh, classification between invasive carcinoma and DCIS is challenging because uh, the cellular features are very similar. So we have to really zoom out to see the uh, dots uh, to distinguish between DCIS and invasive carcinoma. So uh, we want to tackle that issue uh, as our future work. So we are planning to do that. for But for this pilot study, We didn't spend too much time uh, distinguishing uh, those two subtypes, but we want to uh, make sure that uh, tumor regions on breast marks and slide images are successfully segmented and being highlighted.
2: Got it. And for the, what you're what what Kiki trying to achieve, you know, is just you wanna you know just point to the tumor. It's not like you want to sign the case by the computer, correct?
3: Exactly. And also in um if I may chime in, uh, George, in uh, in brass currently, um for the margin status, whether you're dealing with invasive or inside to carcinoma DCIS, I'm not talking about LCIS DCIS or invasive carcinoma, it um, has actually not that much difference in clinical mm. uh, management. Because if there is something, then the surgeon decides whether uh, to go back or not, depending on like, at some point the volume. I think volume for DCIS in margin might play a role in the future. And uh, there are nuances in the treatment, uh, in the management of uh, those positive margins currently. If you're dealing with elderly patients, some surgeons don't even go back if it's mm-hmm. just very little DCIS left. The grade of the DCIS plays a role. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, this is just the start. It's <laughs> We have a long sure. way to go.
2: And my understanding is the distant also uh, it's your plan in the future yep. to, from ink, distant, because all this is telling you there is in that section, but it's not interrogating how far from ink is that, that's correct. Yes. And that's left for future studies.
3: Yes. And, and right. David's technique is really, will allow us eventually to measure the distance to the tumor, because you can, you know, with this segmentation model, you know where it is in reference to the margin.
2: What a fascinating study. Uh, so, uh, so you're going to crank it up to a better, you're optimistic <laughs> about getting it to 100% and uh, addressing also the lobular, which we don't have time to talk about. It wasn't included here, correct?
0: Yes, yes. ultimately. That's, you, you, don't that's see, cool. you
2: don't see technical barriers, David. You, you have confidence that you can do something like that?
4: Yeah, I'm confident. We're confident and uh, we're uh, trying to make that, make that happen right now.
2: Excellent. Well, we look forward to that follow-up study and you know where to send it, you know, to the best journal. <laughs> but, uh, well, this is wonderful. You may even get another podcast, uh, become a rock star. <laughs> so thank you all. Thank you, Kiki. So nice to see you again. And uh, thank you to the brilliant young uh, scientists and pathologist. And uh, I am really honored to have you and look forward to future interaction. Thank, you, thank you,
0: you
3: very much, George.
1: Thank
3: you. Hope to see you soon. Thank you. Bye-bye.